Welcome to another episode of Nerds Amalgamated. I am the DJ, and with me today I have the Professor and Debbie Boy. Hello, DJ. Oh. You're not doing your P.T. Barnum this week. Is everything all right? Oh, I don't know, fellas. It's just another fun day at the office, and I'd just like to, um, I just like to be quiet and reserved. You don't even have an office. Well, I know my office is very small. It has merged with, with the room that I'm in right now, but yeah. Is that what all that stuff was from before? Just trying to move it all in, hey? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys ever yep. seen the movie Brazil? Brazil? Yeah, it's um, a comedy by Terry Gilliam, basically 1984, but if the bureaucracy was utterly incompetent. (laughs) And there's one scene, so officers share a desk. If you want more desk space, you pull it out of the wall, but it goes through to your neighbor's room, so all your neighbor's stuff falls off his desk. So so basically, you're going to wake up tomorrow morning, right? And you're just going to see a ton of desks and TV screens flying through your window. Now you got in contact with the landowner. Have fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a, a great movie, though. You should check it out. Hell yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Was this, what, was this movie made by Lucasfilm? Terrible segue. Oh, oh my God. Seriously, man. <laughs> it's like hey, you're hey, not hey, even hey, trying. Hey, 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 hey. At least, at least uh, I can't make a witty comeback after that being, being, uh, being um, bantered like that. At least Lucasfilm is making a good comeback, though. Let let me give it a try. <laughs> so I've been quite Lucasy. Uh, oh my god, I died. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I got this in the bag, man. Oof, oof. I'm usually good at these segways. One <laughs> could say you fell off the segway. <laughs> oh, I fell off the segway, and then fi- so I'm on an overpass in a, in a highway. I fell off the segway. Fell off the overpass, slammed in to a movie theater, and was watching Lucasfilm. <laughs> we got there. We got, we got there. there. We got there. <laughs> but yes, so uh, Lucasfilm. If you haven't known already, basically Ubisoft, Ubisoft, EA. Get one of the two evil companies. Uh, EA has lost the rights. Well, not exactly lost the rights, but their rights, exclusive rights to the Star Wars franchise, are expiring. And I believe 2023 was 2022. Uh, it's very soon in terms of years. I'm not wrong, but yeah, roughly around that time. Um, and because of that, a ton of other studios and developers have stepped up. They've created a new division, which is Lucasfilm Games, which all these divisions will be controlled under with the licensed properties. So we've already got an open world uh, Ubisoft-styled sandbox game coming to works. It's obviously in the Star Wars universe. Uh, we know the, uh, the Bethesda. Uh, they've and Machine Games have teamed up to cre- not Bethesda themselves, Machine Games with. Mr. Hims, <laughs> Mr. Todd himself, Tom Howard, uh, directing the role, directing the game. Uh, well, that making... can't go wrong. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Indiana Jones game. So uh, you'll see crystal skulls just dancing around as they bug out. You mean Indiana Jones 76? Indiana Jones 76. Oh, no. So, um, yeah, Andy, we... did you guys not realize end of the last movie, Indiana Jones got cryo-freezed? <laughs> I think yep. you've crushed your franchises here. <laughs> he got cryo-freezed and then he got out. They put on a suit of armor on him and I gave him a gun and said, Indy, we need you to fight some aliens. See, <laughs> then, they, then they injected him with serum and um, he became a super soldier. <laughs> oh, hang on a sec. I think, yeah. Was that movie four? Or was that the, the shitty Halo? Halo. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's well, a lot of movies where someone is turned into a super soldier, so... Oh, is this Captain America? Oh, I'm sorry, I got this wrong. <laughs> oh. 
You know, I mean, Captain Amer- confusing Captain America for Indiana Jones is surprisingly close because they both fight fascism. <laughs> yeah. Both fight the Nazis. I mean, what? Oh, the science of my tongue and others, another like, famous character also fights Nazis. Um, and super soldier like well Wolfenstein. That's cool. Wolfenstein. Yeah. yeah exactly. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wolfenstein. <laughs> so Machine Games has the pedigree of having a guy fighting Nazis. They just the need is, to add the tomb raiding bit. Yeah. I mean the thing I wonder is it like any Jones, it's an action movie, but it's not known for like guns blazing action movie. It's more like fist fights and stuff. So I wonder if it's gonna go full on you no know, first person shooter, any Jones doing like double jumps, dual wielding machine guns and stuff. <laughs> Well, he have ridiculous triangular boobs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think we're crossing another franchise here. Oh, does he, does he have, like, you know, a grappling hook? Uh, really handsome as well. Uh, he, he, he discovers tombs and also has a girlfriend. Hang on, is this Nathan Drake game? No <laughs> <laughs> oh, way, hang on. Somehow, we've got to be careful here because now we've got uh, Indiana Jones, Halo, Star Wars, uh, Just Captain Cause, America. Nathan Drake... <laughs> and Tomb Raider. <laughs> but what can they do in an Indiana Jones game that hasn't already been done? I mean, I mean, I guess like the last big Indiana Jones game was Lego Indiana Jones. Um, the one before that was the uh, old Lucasfilm Point Click Adventures. Yeah, I suppose I'm just um, a bit stuck in the idea of it being a Uncharted or Tomb Raider clone. True. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking but as well. I think I mean, the thing is, it's machine games. They're known for first-person shooters, so I don't. Yeah. Think, think, I mean, why not? If you really, you, you've got the character inspired both Tomb Raider and Uncharted. Like, if they do go that route, I, I'm not going to be upset much, say, because it's Indiana Jones, man. He's he's cool, but a different cool Lara Croft and um, Nathan Drake. Nathan Drake's like your best friend. Lara Croft is your girlfriend that just, I don't know, what's a good comparison there? L- Lara Croft is the waifu. <laughs> Lara Croft is the waifu. And then. Uh, Indiana Jones is like your like step um, step uncle who's just like kind of like there and then just leaves and goes benches and comes back with like a shot bloody arm. It's like hi, need your help. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the problem though, like with Lucasfilm, how many percent of that company is owned by Disney though? All of it. All of it. Uh, so we're we're seeing a Disney. So it's Disney, but not Disney. Yeah, pretty much because uh, they bought Lucasfilm itself, which owns Indiana Jones. Uh, obviously. Star Wars, of course. Yeah. Um, what other fr- obviously, they have all the point and click adventure franchises. So they got Monkey Island. Um, they have uh, some of the other classic ones like Grim, Dan- Grim Fandango, and obviously all the other ones that came from that in that nineties era. Um, and obviously the other movies that Lucasfilm themselves produced. Oh wait, here, here, uh, here's something interesting. So I've just saw. So Lucasfilm announced on January 11, 2021, that it was re-establishing the Lucasfilm Games brand for all future titles from Lucasfilm, though it would remain solely as its licensor of Lucasfilm pro- uh, properties. Hmm. Huh. Still owned by Disney, though. Yeah. Although, that being said, though, I wonder how, like, um, if, if, if how family-friendly you reckon this Indiana Jones gonna, game going to be, though? Very. <laughs> Indiana Jones has never been family unfriendly, apart from the grisly deaths. I don't recall there being too much, um, you know, sex or anything. And since it's an American franchise, grisly deaths are like a day-to-day thing. But sex, think of the children. <laughs> I mean, Indy does pursue like like a lot of women in the films, right? Each film's got a new love for tell. So, I mean, I don't think there'll be any 
sex scenes as to say, but more because your romantic love interest, blah blah blah. Yeah. Although with the Indiana Jones games, I reckon um, you you will see a lot of in, um, Easter eggs from the from all the Indiana Jones um, universe. Probably. I mean, there. Um, uh, which were the Jedi games where you played as the secret uh, child of Darth Vader? Oh, the uh, Force Unleashed. That's it. Yeah, those had all of the Lucasfilms. Uh, references in it. You could yeah. unlock a skin that was Guybrush Shreepwood. Oh, uh, in what game was that? Force One Unleashed. One of the Force Unleashed games. Really? Yeah. I mean, Guybrush in the whole Monkey, Monkey Island franchise is like an underground Easter egg in like almost every game. Like he's in Uncharted. He's in obviously Force Unleashed. Obviously, now the film franchise. He's been in like Ubisoft titles. Like I guess makes sense because it's such an influence on narrative writing in video games. But like, it's just funny seeing him turn up. It's like, I'm Guybrush Threewood. Uh, Force Unleashed 2. Yes, and they called him Guybrush Freep Killer. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. His name is like Parry. His name is perfect. And his name was not even thought about. It was actually a joke and a merger of like the, um, like, I think the audio software and stuff. Can't remember exactly. Uh, it says here, actually, the, um, from the Collector's Edition art book. That it was done as a bit of a joke because everyone loves Monkey Island there. And then everyone was just like, let's do it for real. So it was a YOLO moment. So besides the Indiana Jones games, what else um, are Lucasfilm's going to be doing? I mean, pretty much to open up the vision to like any, any company that wants to have a grab their franchises can basically do it. Yeah. Now, they haven't said any info on whether or not that includes like Monkey Island, those things. I'm sure, I'm pretty sure it would in some way because, I mean... The licenses are there. Why would you hold them back if you wanted to make yeah. a game? But obviously people are jumping for the big franchise. Indiana Jones, um, Star Wars, of course. So, like... The Star Wars news has been pretty big. Wouldn't you agree, Debbie Boy? Oh, no, 100%. Like, it's... I was just... I had that moment of pause. I was just thinking about all the games that are basically being announced. Because as I said before, we have the Opal RPG. Obviously, it's going to be... Um, <laughs> Forced Unleashed 3. No, there's going to be um, Last Jedi, obviously a sequel to that. Um, perhaps another Battlefield, Battlefront. We'll see what happens there. I don't know. Ubisoft. Oh, no, no, no. Battlefront game. Uh, I, 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 like, Rogue Squad- Squadron and Last Jedi were both the Last Jedi. What's it called? Metal Blade. I'm getting confused. There's too many Star Wars things. <laughs> Especially Star Wars things that have Jedi in the title. Right? <laughs> Jimmy Last Jedi Star- Fallen Order? Uh, Fallen Order, thank you. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> Star Wars Fallen Order, Star Wars Lost Jedi, Star Wars this, Star Wars that, Star Wars Rose Quadrant, <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront 2, Star Wars Republic Commando, Star Wars Dark Force, Star Wars... <laughs> I think we broke Heavy Boy. Lego Star Wars, the complete saga. Lego Star Wars, complete saga too. How <laughs> If it's in two parts, <laughs> you should have been in the nineties, man. There were so many Star Wars games. There was even a Star Wars fighting game, if I record. Oh, don't, don't, <laughs> don't that one. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's it called? Well, I know what you're talking about. Oh, uh, Star Wars fighting game. <laughs> I'm gonna Google it and regret my life. Oh, Star hmm. Wars Masters of Ticking Cash. <laughs> well, on a completely different note, the game I want to see them bring back is The Dig. It's a LucasArts point-and-click adventure game, a little bit like Rendezvous with Rama, which you might have guessed I have a thing for games like that. So, like, what happens in it? 
Uh, well, it starts off like um, Deep Impact or what was that other one that came out about the same time? Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. Yeah. Land a rocket on it and blow it up. But while they're there, they find out that the asteroid is actually some sort of alien spaceship. And the, um, the characters are investigating that. Uh, that actually sounds really cool. So, like, when was this game released? Um, it was first released in 95. Okay, fair enough then. No, I don't know, I never heard of it. <laughs> yeah. With the Star Wars, um, okay, with the Star Wars, um, license now, now at the hands of Lucasfilms, and, uh, I think it's a good step in the right direction for the Star Wars franchise. I mean, under EA, it was just a, it was just a cash cow. I mean, like, it's not exactly like Disney cares much. Oh, Marvel, Marvel, Marvel yeah. Avengers, Avengers and Marvels. Disney doesn't care as long as you make money and don't get them in too much trouble. That's what EA screwed up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hey they guys, didn't make enough money for the amount of trouble they got in. But this, but the studio they're working with, Lucasfilm, is a uh, massive. Is a uh, Ubisoft massive? I mean, they they might have a, they must have a good record. Yeah, True. but it is Ubisoft, and Eve Skillman should yeah. retire. I, I feel I, like, because my worry for the open world game is just going to be like Battle of Far Cry, but with, uh, you know, Star Wars skin. Because, <laughs> like, every Ubisoft game is basically the same. No offense to any Ubisoft fans, but from Far Cry to The Division, it's it's pretty close. Oh, please climb tower to scan world. Please go to this point to do A, then go here to do B. Like, it's all busy work. Now that you mentioned The Division, I did remember... Um, uh, Angry Joe review of that game, and he hated that game. Like it was just oh, so much cosmetic stuff, and all this get all this gameplay we saw in the trailers didn't show on the game at all. There's yeah. a lot of games that have been that way in the last couple of years because the big money people got their hands on it. <laughs> I mean, if if Ubisoft and Massive have seen the damage that EA has done to the Star Wars franchise and repair it, I think it might. Be a good license to to have. I mean, that's the weird thing about Star Wars. You can't really kill it. Like, okay, put some bad movies, put it back in. Everyone hates that for a while. And then the Mandalorian comes along. Clone Wars comes along. People are like, oh, Star Wars is actually fantastic. Like, so it's like this. What I think, Star Wars is fantastic as long as it's not a movie. Yeah. <laughs> because nobody liked the prequels when they came out. Now nobody likes the sequels. But everyone loves those animated shows and the... Uh, Mandalorian, and Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah, and now now that you mention it, there's a, there's now a civil war going on within the uh, higher ups. Like Kathleen Kennedy's losing power, and John Favreau and David Filoni are wanting more power. So it's kind of like a power game going on the, up there. So is there? Yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Not many, okay. Not many people are talking about it, but will this get us anything as viewers? Though the answer is no. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, the most rhetor- that's, that's, that's the most rhetorical question the professor has ever said. Oh, it's like okay, okay, yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> but yeah, I no, I'm, I'm I'm gonna be cynical on this on this front. I mean, while it's a good idea for Ubisoft to step up their game, I mean, game companies and Star Wars have not been the best of friends ever since EA has screwed it up. And I think we're seeing we might be seeing a, a tale of history repeating itself. But I know, indeed. I mean, just have to wait and happen, see what happens. I guess. Yeah. Although for the, uh, I, I will say this for the Indiana Jones game, I hope we see some sort of a tribute to Sean Connery in the game. So speaking of uh, finances and games industry, uh, Professor, you've got a report on that. 
The report being the gamesindustry.biz uh, year and numbers report with the most important section here, the pets of game developers. Dogs significantly take the lead at 240, followed by cats with 165, all the way down to other, which includes geckos, stuffed animals, snakes, hedgehogs, guinea pigs, horses, iguanas, chinchillas, ferrets, snails, Roomba vacuum cleaners with googly eyes, and a basil plant. <laughs> what? What is that? Huh? It's a survey of pets owned by game developers. No, 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 no. Uh, What's a basil plant? You know where you get basil from, right? What, an actual basil plant? Yes. I thought these were animals. (laughs) I thought I thought too. (laughs) What? Why is it just one basil plant? (laughs) Wow, Debbie boy, you thought basil's an animal? (laughs) Some people are just very attached to their their plants. Some people love their herbs, man. Yeah, but not the herb that I'm thinking of. <laughs> so, what's the what? So, what are the other stuff they put in this report besides the uh, magical <laughs> pets? So, year on year, the games industry is nineteen point six percent bigger in 2020 than in 2019, with uh, Me- every platform seeing growth except for browser games. <laughs> I mean, COVID has done a number on all these. Yeah, 91% of total market revenue was in uh, digital sales. Makes sense, fair enough. With the PC hitting 98 and console hitting only 72%. Yeah, I can see that, especially because obviously COVID, most people obviously buying them in store. Yeah, and uh, by units, the best-selling game of the year was FIFA 21. Oh, my God. Are you serious, (laughs) man? I know. This is a crisis. This is a day we will all remember. <laughs> so that's for both by units and by revenue. In first oh, place, we have FIFA 21, followed by Animal Crossing. Oh, well, okay. I'll give Animal Crossing something, but FIFA, really? FIFA? I mean, uh, it's a, I mean FIFA's like a fun party. Oh, sorry. People like soccer. Yeah, people like soccer, but FIFA 21 is... There's no difference between 20 and 21. There's just a reskin. Like, yeah. So anyway, this is uh, the best-selling boxed game of the year, sir. Uh, and number six was FIFA 20 for buy units. <laughs> number 10 by units. I'm going to get you to guess. Which game do you reckon it is? Bioshock. Newer than that. Uh, Cyberpunk 27. Older than that. Older? Um, well, you're giving me an absolutely massive range here between <laughs> Bioshock, which came out in like 2007, and Cyberpunk, which came out in 2020. Okay, the recent Last of Us game. No, it's more popular than that. Um, Less controversial. I'm not controversial? Less controversial G- than Last of Us. GTA? Yes. The 10th hey. most popular boxed game of the Ooh. year was GTA 5, a oh game my. that's already been out for eight years. Holy <laughs> shit. How is that possible? <laughs> I have no idea. It's funny you guys mentioned it because I was watching, I was reading an article the other day saying that in Grand Theft Auto 6, there will be a female protagonist. I'm like, man, you guys haven't even finished making 6 and you're still... You're still- well, they're probably planning on it. They, um, they're planning it and they're going to try and time it so that they can put it out just when GTA Online stops being profitable. <laughs> Yeah, fat chance that will ever happen. Yeah, I was talking to some devs today in the Brisbane community. We're having a discussion because basically we're thinking, okay, so GTA 5 has been out for eight years now, basically, right? So it's probably going to be like three or four years until GTA 6 is out. 
And we'll like we'll talk about whether or not I'll even have a story mode. Considering they pushed it online so much, that's where all the money is. Yeah. Like, would they even bother? It's a good question. So what are the other um figures that you've encountered in this report? So in the US, Marvel's Avengers came ninth in best selling games by dollar value, which surprises me because I don't think I saw a single positive thing about that. Yeah, there was a lot of flaws in that game. Yeah. From what I've heard. Uh, best selling console games in Japan. Number one, Animal Crossing. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> then number two, Ring Fit Adventure. Apparently in Japan, people could actually buy that. And on Metacritic, the highest rated game of the year. I'm going to get you to guess this one again. Highest rated game of this year? Yes, on Metacritic. No it's Googling not... it, cheater. Uh, okay, two bits. Last of Us. No. Uh, not uh, Cyberpunk 2077. That's definitely not it. Tsushima. Uh, no. Oh, right, really? Console. PS, uh, PlayStation 4, but wrong game. Um, what else came out this year? It, no, it's definitely not FIFA 2021 because that got bombed. No, um, not a sports game. Not sport. Give us a genre, please. RPG. Final Fantasy VII. No. Oh, what? Um, <laughs> it is a character <laughs> in um, in Smash Brothers, though. Oh. Um, what? RPG? Was it Owl Crossing? No, Persona 5 Royal. What? <laughs> yeah, it's called really? 95 on Metacritic. But, come on, that's not fair. Persona 5 came out three years ago. It was just like some DLC. Ah, but this is the Persona 5 re-release. Oh. Because apparently they do that with Persona. They go and re-release it and add 100 hours of new content. Oh, Okay, fair, fair. And the lowest game scored only 32. It was Tiny Racer. <laughs> uh, okay. And what does Tiny Racer... Is it a racing game? I assume so. I'm going to Google it now because I am intrigued. Tiny <laughs> Racer Switch review. Tw- okay. <laughs> oh, so my it, God. Oh, okay, okay. okay. So I searched it. You know how Google does those side tabs give you information? Yep. Um, literally... Google has auto-added, not the devs' like website, you know, info on the game. It's Metacritic's worst review of the game in terms of, like, lowest rating. So you see Tiny Racer, that says July 31st, 2020. Tiny Racer is not a fun game to play. I refuse to encode it. This is a terrible game. Do not buy it. <laughs> Literally on Google, rather than its name. I'm watching the um, gameplay by uh, handheld players. <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Look at this. What's wrong with it, DJ? It looks like a Fortnite game. <laughs> uh oh. Like the whole graphics is just Fortnite hey, style. Hey, don't say it's that cartoony. Come on, man. Don't, don't rip on my cartoons. <laughs> it oh, has man. an abysmal tilt shift effect, though. Yes, it's it's you could oh. say you could I I think it it has some nice someone obviously found out the Indian post processing and depth of field effects. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's playable, but yeah, it's not something to write home about. That's a sh- and it's a racing game with only two players. Oh, <laughs> well, they're definitely going to get beating uh, then. Only well, there's 15 tracks, which I suppose is decent if they're unique tracks. But it did not do well. I, I like the fact yeah. that I'm watching. I'm still watching this gameplay, and I like how every time they get bumped, it's like pow, thump, thwah, like a Batman, <laughs> co- like those old Batman movies. Adam West is Adam West is making a game with this. Yeah, so they have a, a chart showing the proportion of new IP versus new releases, but they don't seem to have included units on that. 
So I don't know if that's dollars or sales or or what, but um, clearly uh, new releases outperforms new IP by a long way. And Activision apparently didn't make any new IP this year. I don't know. I they mean, haven't included uh, values, which um, makes it hard to read that graph. So I'm just. Gonna... I mean, the, rec- the, the only newest thing newest thing Activision has done is the new Call of Duty, and that's like. Eh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's a new release as opposed to a new IP. So they haven't done anything completely new this year, apparently. True. Um, most Googled games, Among Us, Fall Guys, and then Valorant. Yeah, yeah. With um, Last of Us 2 coming fifth. Most covered games, Fortnite, 75,000 articles. Cyberpunk, 72,000 articles. And Last of Us, 57,000 articles. <laughs> And the funny thing with the, with number two and number three is that both of them are very controversial in terms of yeah. how much back, backstage politics were involved in that game. Oh, so surprisingly, um, Fall Guys only got 16,000 articles and Among Us only got 10,000. Wow. But the most watched games on YouTube this year are Minecraft with more than double the seconds and 201 billion views, Roblox at 75 billion, Karina Free Fire, Grand Theft Auto V, and Fortnite. <laughs> Where's Minecraft? And Minecraft in the rule? Yeah, yeah, number it one. Was first, 201 oh. billion views. Yes! We're not completely irrelevant yet. <laughs> not completely irrelevant. <laughs> Although it feels like it, because here are the top YouTubers' influences of oh this boy. year. Let's go, boys. Tell me how many you recognize. Flamingo, Afmal, Jelly, FGTV, It's Funny, Slogo Man, S Sunday, Philippe Nito, I Am Sana, and Arab Games Network. What the? No idea who these people are. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> taking a rough guess. Jelly and those must be kids' channels. I feel like I know the name Slogo Man and S mm. Sunday, but I've never watched their videos. So I think we are now out of touch. We are boomers. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I relate to those channels. Mm. Uh, Jelly, I'm just looking at his YouTube channel. Uh, he's a child-friendly YouTuber, and his videos are basically him okay. playing Among Us and Minecraft. So, yeah, that is like kid bait. Like, <laughs> if I was setting a trap and I wanted to catch a an eight-year-old child, it would have an iPad playing Among Us or Minecraft or something on it. That just sounds really creepy, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Although, okay, I will say this with Among Us and Fall Guys. The interesting part about those two games was people were saying that, oh, this game is going to kill Fortnite. This will be the Fortnite Slayer. And well, it didn't happen. It did in some categories. Wait, which categories, though? Well, the um, Fortnite doesn't even make it to the top 10 of most Googled games. I'm guessing is Minecraft is the top. Um, and the most discussed games on Twitter, Fortnite doesn't come in until ninth place but it does have the top trailer or live stream. Yeah, okay. Oh, by the way, uh, Slogo Man, it's now uh, changed to Slogo, and it's basically, uh, I make videos on games and stuff. Oh, let me see this. Okay. So S-L-O, go, Slogo Man. Yep, he's got, so obviously with the kids, given his look of his content. What about Shelly? I'm kind of confused about that one. Shelly Minecraft. 20 million, okay. 20 million subscribers? What the f***? What? <laughs> How kids, have I man. Heard? It's the kids. Holy shit, his voice. I thought Dan the T- TDM was still the top, but obviously not. That's how thinking, out of touch we are. I was thinking God. PewDiePie would be in there, like, as one of the biggest, but oh boy, I was I wrong. Where's, where's, mm. where's my sky does Minecraft I mean, and the, the f- 
<laughs> this new song. world is so big and scary and unfamiliar. <laughs> At least uh, one of the YouTubers I follow, NerdCube, he's gone like way back to his roots. He started his YouTube channel with a series called Minecraft Buildy Thing, where he'd build things in Minecraft, like houses and uh, just projects. His most recent videos are NerdCube's RTX Minecraft Buildy Thing, because he's decided he's done with chasing views. He's just going to make content he enjoys. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I can respect that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, on to the mobile market. Oh, boy. That's good. Yeah. I'm going to know absolutely probably zero of these. And I was well, just do it. Surprisingly, the top five countries for downloads doesn't include China, but the top what? game publishers by worldwide revenue. The top three, Tencent, NetEase, and Playrix, yeah, are enough. all Chinese publishers. Yeah. Huh. Hi, Tencent. I see you're doing well over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can stay there, please. But um, the top countries by revenue, uh, US, Japan, and China. But Fair China's enough. skewed a bit because it doesn't include uh, data on App Store specific to China. Yeah, I had a feeling there because they've got so many people there would instantly break records. Yeah, so I reckon it, if they could get the data for the Chinese App Stores, um, it would probably <laughs> blow it out of luck. the water. Yeah, they'll be like, this data did not happen. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but top five games by worldwide revenue, PUBG, Honor of Kings, Pokemon Go, Coin Master, and Roblox. Wait, PUBG's still a thing? Yeah. Roblox? PUBG Mobile PUBG's still hitting records. Number one with $2.6 billion. <laughs> oh, and yeah. I'm going to guess here, uh, Tencent published PUBG Mobile, if I remember correctly. Tencent had $7 million in worldwide revenue this year. Oh, my year. God. Wow. I also, did, I also did recall, like, um, one case, India banned PUBG off, their, off the internet, which was, which was ironically funny because that's the biggest um, buyer. Yeah. Some, oh. Oh. Although but I yeah. do see, and so the um, console ownership overlap. Mm-hmm. Uh, the console, the two consoles people are most likely to buy, go. PlayStation and Xbox? No. Uh, let me wow. try it. The yep. PlayStation and Xbox... Uh, in the UK, between 13 to 64-year-old console owners, only 35% of people who I assume owns both of them, only 35% or owns two consoles or more, only 35% own an Xbox and a PlayStation. Wow. That that actually makes sense. I can see that. Look, consoles are expensive, right? Not everyone's going to, you know. Majority of people who buy consoles are casuals. So, like, that 33%, whatever it was, 33 35. 35. Okay, a little bit off. Uh, that 35, you know, that would be um, that would be more people a bit more into, obviously, console gaming when you own both. Actually, sorry, I'm reading this backwards. Oh. So a person who owns a PlayStation um, and also owns an Xbox, 35% of people who own the Xbox also own... Sorry, 35% of people who own the PlayStation also own an Xbox. Forty-six percent of people who own an Xbox also own a PlayStation. So I'm assuming that's uh, your primary console or your first console, and then your second choice. Makes sense. But <laughs> the biggest is um, biggest overlap. If you own a Nintendo Switch, sixty percent of you own a PlayStation Four. sixty uh, percent. Yeah, on PS4. Which makes sense because the uh, PlayStation and the Switch are the two unique consoles. Not wrong. Xbox is kind of oh, it's Microsoft, it's business, <laughs> and everything on the uh, on almost everything on the Xbox 
is coming to PC now. Yes. So if I was yeah. going to buy two consoles, I'd get the Switch and the PlayStation because I, mean, you think I about can it. play on my PC. Yeah, exactly. Like you think about it right now, a lot of the news where it's like all the um, scalps and stuff. No one's really talking about the Xbox being scalped. Everyone's talking about the PS5 being scalped. Like that's the news ticket item. Xbox is kind of like, eh. I think it comes down to marketing, though. I mean, there was with the PS4, there was a lot of marketing and the hype for it. It was insane. True. I mean, Xbox really doesn't. I mean, Switch, obviously, they, they've. Nintendo has been throwing marketing out like mad after the failure of the Wii U. So, you'll figure why that's picked up a lot. But Xbox itself doesn't really market, but they do. But it's not. They, they don't have the same power Sony has in terms of IPs. Mm-hmm. They have Halo, sure, and Gears of War, and um, I guess Halo. Also Horizon. Halo, Halo, Halo. Yes, guys. Hey, new console. The Halo machine's out, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now that's all on PC anyway, so... Yeah, you're not wrong. Except I think Halo Wars 1, I think, might be the only uh, Halo game with no plans to come to PC. Because I think even the mobile game came to PC. But wrapping up the um, the report, Animal Crossing made $26.4 million in global sales in its first six months. Oh, my. <laughs> yeah. Whole... Okay, hey. Honestly, a tender, fantastic idea releasing an Animal Crossing game. Like, it has taken off like wildfire. So I'm not surprised. Like, I'm still wow, but I'm not surprised I made that much because it has been like everywhere. Yes. What's interesting, though, is that, um, I know, sorry, that sales number, not dollar value. Yep. So, yeah, 26.4 million uh, sales of Animal Crossing New Horizons. That's the population of Australia. Everyone in Australia could own Animal Crossing New Horizons. Holy moly. Oh, man. <laughs> and in the US, on all video game products, $44.5 billion was spent. How many percent of that would have been spent on Call of Duty? <laughs> well, um, Newzu reports that 74% of the market revenue came from in-game spending. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So kids with, kids with their parents' credit cards playing Fortnite, right? Yep. <laughs> oh, I feel so out of touch. <laughs> Feeling old yet, man. Remember when Minecraft was a thing and it was a one-time purchase and you didn't have to buy skins? Uh, Minecraft has microtransactions now. It does. <laughs> well, Bedrock Edition at least, but yes. Yeah, they have skins now. Do you yes, like um, not earning games? Do you like just printing them out and then being charged more money? So then digital, in three years' time, the service shut down and you don't ever own the game or play it ever again after you spent like three grand? Yeah. To be fair, the inter- um, digital sales are technically temporary. It's only a license, so... Yeah, exactly. That's, a certain, yeah. that's what I meant by renting. Yeah. If like, Valve ever goes down, we all lose our Steam collection. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Uh, at least it's not... Um, at least most of the games on Steam that I play anyway aren't uh, microtransaction cash grabs. True. I mean, most indie games these days don't really have that, depending yeah. on what you're playing. So, anyway, there were 26 million Animal Crossing sales, but in China alone, there's 720 million gamers. 48% are female. And uh, so, to COVID-19 went $160 million from industry um, donations to relief efforts. $43 million to organizations supporting Black Lives Matter and $5.5 million to the Australian bushfires relief. Yeah, I remember that when... Um, was remember when the bushfires were a thing huh, about, yeah. like, yeah. a million years ago? <laughs> 
I remember Activision. They sent they put a Call of Duty uh, skin just for the uh, for the bushfires. Yeah, yeah. A lot of companies did something like that, and then they did the same sort of thing for Black Lives Matter, and then also um, COVID. Yeah, the Call of Duty community um, raised about one point six million. All right. So anyway, that's the extent of the numbers that we have here. I can't say I'm hugely surprised by anything that um didn't bring up already, which is mostly the stuff that I'm out of touch on. <laughs> but as game developers, um, you reckon that's uh, promising? Seeing, the, seeing these reports. Um, yes, watching the games industry grow as someone who wants to make money off the games industry is like watching a blimp full of money float over. <laughs> I agree. Drop out it's on me. just like, mm, come here, please. Just floating over. It's nice knowing that the industry has. I could get a job. Get. Oh my! <laughs> I could use my skills. Oh, don't um, get too excited, Devi. <laughs> I will keep my enjoyment for now. Maybe one day the industry will return to uh, pre-crash levels in Australia. Maybe. Oh, at least we won't have to blame COVID on that one. No, this happened several years ago now. (laughs) Right in the middle of me going through uni to become a game developer, the entire industry crashed. Oh, yeah, you're right. Good timing. Yeah. (laughs) So global financial crisis, basically? Uh, No, in 2012, well, it wasn't. The whole industry was hit a bit. But one of the big things was that the Aussie government had a program to bring in game development into Australia oh, through okay. uh, Screen Australia or something like that. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Um, Hugely what, profitable. What? Mm-hmm. Great program. Made yeah. the government billions of dollars. And then they decided, nah, mate, we're not going to do that anymore. <laughs> and all of the uh, all of the game developers were like, okay, we're taking our offices back overseas. Yeah, I, okay, I remember this now. Yeah, that's what happened. And just like, Epson says, basically in small Indian studios struggling along, being like, hi, uh, would you like to maybe give us a bit of money? Like, I, you're upset STEM students moving away, but like, you know, the jobs are overseas. I don't yeah. want to work in a coal mine, Mr. Scott. I'm sorry. Remember, remember you don't want to do gain development. Gain development's useless. Go, go mine coal. There. <laughs> mine coal and the coal mines are deciding to run out. Mm-hmm. Fantastic idea for future building. Mm-hmm. Anyways, politics aside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can, well, at least all those coal mining's um, brought a lot of air, air pollution, and thanks to COVID, air pollution yes. is... Yes! Finally, <laughs> he did a good segue. <laughs> yeah, and thanks to the pa- pandemic, they reduced a lot of air pollution. <laughs> <laughs> he stumbled a little, but he got there. This this is a day to remember. <laughs> ah, so it's been known that people's activities have uh, curtailed enough to result in the dramatic drop in emissions of greenhouse gases in April, as well as a dip in seismic noises. Um, That's pretty quiet- cool. That uh, people moving around and driving and trains and trucks and all of that literally make the earth move. <laughs> I feel wait, the earth move. Wait. Wait, so love doesn't make the world go around? It might, but the trucks make the earth move. <laughs> you know, because you can go around without moving. You ever seen a ballet dancer pirouette? Nah. Oh, I forgot uh, you're uncultured. It's, it's, it's like that theory that's a conspiracy theorist, of course, but four few years ago. It's like, if everyone jumped on the earth at the same time, we, it would self-destruct. <laughs> and it's like... I love the um, XKCD take on that. Yeah, right. I think that's where I saw it from. It's like, yes? Yeah, no. it's like... 
<laughs> people have worked out what would happen if we all jumped at once um, a million times before. But here's what would happen afterwards when everyone's trying to get out of the space where we jumped. <laughs> and it's just straight up apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that reduction was uh, too was too brief compared to the hundreds of years that the gas could linger in the Earth's atmosphere to put a dent in the planet's atmospheric CO2 level. Uh, there's no way to say that the pandemic has a silver lining, says uh, Jessica Gilman, a tropospheric chemist at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, misery is no solution to our global environmental challenges. Yes, it's unfortunate that uh, it's not long term. Yeah, but I, I will say this though: like we've been seeing a couple of new strains popping out from the woodwork, and this is going to be the new norm for a good few years. Wouldn't you agree, well, gentlemen? The vaccines uh, seem to be working on the new strain as well. So I wouldn't say that too quickly. Although if I could go back, like if we could just agree to go back to lockdown style and not have to talk to people, I would be cool with that. <laughs> uh, yes, unfortunately, we do have to go outside and socially interact. Yeah. But we do it from a distance until we get this under control. Is it? Don't you guys love lockdown? <laughs> like, isn't it great sitting at home all day and getting the is open and then reading okay. yeah it wasn't the best but i did enjoy working from home i think that the best lockdown skit i've seen was um what red letter media's lockdown um reviews during the time lockdown over in america like they they, they if you're not a child at all they do a sarcastic take on a lot of well they do movie reviews but they're very sarcastic about a lot of things and basically the whole joke was basically people locked up I don't know how they got that many alcohol bottles, but it was like 300 alcohol bottles covering the floor. <laughs> it's like, so. I wonder if you could go to a um, recycling plant and just buy like a crate of alcohol bottles. Sort of like the opposite of what you do when you drop your cans off. You could do that, or you could spend maybe a grand and buy some. I mean, 300 alcohol bottles of like, what kind? Were they liquor or beer or? Or wine. Just buy, just buy a grand worth of unopened ciders and drink them all. Yeah. That's my advice. I feel like that would take you too long to make the skit, though, unless you were going to risk doing severe damage to your kidneys and liver. Uh, you don't need to worry about damage to your kidneys. Once you're, during, once you're on the two hunters drink, I'm sure you'll be ready to just, you know, go six feet under. You sound like oh, Philip so you J. Got, you got a spare <laughs> kidney. <laughs> oh shoot! You sound like Philip J. Fry after like he's a after drinking that hundredth coffee. Like he became so enlightened. <laughs> I have reached a new peril of human existence. <laughs> that was a good episode. I must admit. Fry, do you really need another one? Apparently, I need more. One, one more coffee. I miss you, drama. Oh yeah. And now we've gone completely off a massive D-train. Yep. <laughs> so, well, future um, episodes about global warming. Oh, You're yeah, not wrong. Yeah, You're not yeah. wrong. And uh, air pollution. Uh-huh. Like there was that, that episode where the tiny benders made everything into alcohol, so everyone was just permanently <laughs> drunk. <laughs> I remember that one. Oh, but uh, getting back to the topic. So they're saying here the shutdowns have given researchers some insight into why. Uh one of the researchers, Jeff, says from March 15 to July 23, New York City had a 21% decrease in nitrogen dioxide, one of the several nitrogen dioxide gases in comparison with 2019 level. Although the shutdowns were more stringent during the spring I feel months. Like, 
No, there should only be one nitrogen dioxide gas. Yes. See, I like there are mul- probably multiple nitrogen oxides, mm-hmm. but um, only one nitrogen dioxide. Yes, it does say one of several oxide gases. DJ. Yep. <laughs> See, Professor. Unfortunately, when you said that, I don't know because I was still in the alcohol mine. I thought you were about to say, should there be more than one nitrogen oxide canister? And I was like, okay, what are you calling yourself into? <laughs> so, uh, so one of the researchers was quoting, we see very strong reduction in summertime ozone this year, um, and he's citing the unpublished data. Uh, what else has he? What else has this report said? That because in the summer months, heat and sunlight react with the precursor gases in the atmosphere, like nitrogen dioxide, creating a toxic cocktail, this kind of insight can be a boon to policymakers in a non pandemic year suggesting that nitrogen oxide regulation should focus mostly on the summer uh jeff says i don't know how you'd make the difference there because my understanding is most uh nitrogen oxides come from burning diesel fuel i think he's i think they're trying to imply that let's ban all cars I mean, maybe. I mean, they, they, I mean, if the government wants to say ban all cars and go electric, okay, I want my Tesla right now. I feel like well, if that happens, it would be less Tesla and more um, something along the lines of a Volkswagen. <laughs> oh, no. uh, come on, Professor. Just get your Volkswagen Beetle, chuck a battery in it, and go brum brum. It's- I had a friend who was actually talking about doing that to a, a combi. <laughs> It's pretty easy because you just rip, rip the engine out and throw in a motor. It's like that older yeah. cars like that are simple things to hook up as electric cars. I'm bold. Yeah, they're I'm, not um, incredible, but they are easy to work on. Yes. I like the base cars where it's like, uh, which wire am I meant to cut? Oh, I, don't. Um, I replaced the radio in my dad's car and something went horribly wrong. Uh, and now the radio only works if the headlights are on. <laughs> <laughs> I never got around to fixing it because that was when I moved out and now they live a long way away. What a lovely parting present. Yeah, you just kind of blind everyone to listen to your radio, man. <laughs> to be fair, there's some places where you have to have your lights on during the day because um, it makes it easier to see you. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a funny bug. Although combi vans are known to be like big gas guzzling behemoths. Yeah. Although great, great on transports. So in order, if you want to go um, up to like the ma- the mountains or the or the beach. Uh, yes, uh, I don't know how they would reduce nitrogen oxide specifically in summer because I'm pretty sure most oxi- nitrogen oxide comes from a diesel engine. Well, there are other. Th- there could be other things like roadworks and. Um, yeah, but do you see like diesel engines just sitting around running at roadworks? If they would, they'd just be a small generator compared to the millions of trucks going around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were saying here in Denver, however, ozone didn't ozone didn't co- drop so consistently, probably because wildfires were beginning to rage across the U.S. The fires, pr- the fires produced nitrogen oxides, carbon monoxide, and fine particles yeah. that can also help to increase ground level ozone. So uh, yeah, the bushfires also helped that helped out the problem. Made the problem worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so to, uh, to end the article, Jeff was saying um, there's different patterns in different cities. Uh, there are a lot of factors to sort out, a lot of work to be done. Armed with the new data from 2020, scientists hope to be able to make some headway. I mean... I'd like to think there's some lesson we'll learn from all this. A pandemic can solve a lot of problems. 
Not that one, DJ. <laughs> We're not genociding anyone. Bad. Bad. Bad boy. Stay down. Follow the Geneva Conventions. Oh, my God. I mean, it worked. I mean, it solved all our problems. <laughs> it did, but you can't... Do, do we need to teach you? <laughs> We're not genociding anyone yet. Until we meet aliens, then we'll probably genocide them. Well, uh, well, the penguins will genocide us eventually, but... Yes, they should do it soon before Antarctica melts and they all drown. <laughs> hey, that will be a great anime series. <laughs> oh. I'm just, I mean, isn't, I'm just it, saying... isn't, it, isn't that basically Japan flooding? Or what was it called? 2020? Um, actually, yeah, you were telling us about that one where the like, fish come out of the water and attack people. What? <laughs> oh yeah, the horror, the, the um horror movie. Um, oh, horror movie. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Yes, <laughs> that one. Yeah, yeah. Fish come out of the water. Basically, they create like little robots and they attach to the fish and they come yeah. out of water. And the sharks just start swimming the mainland and start eating people. <laughs> and then it gets really gross because everything starts rotting and just maggots. And obviously, Kenji Ito is having a very fun time drawing it all. <laughs> but um. Back to what we were talking about in terms, I, yes. I, I get that like the whole um, the whole idea of pandemics. Yeah, we'll solve all the problems. Like, like we're looking at the American American data. I wonder how the Australian data would be like. It'd be to- it'd be a very different picture. Yeah, I bet we had a ton of uh, pollution already from the bushfires, so we might not have seen as much Oops. of a dip. So we we locked down harder than America did for less time. I think. Yeah, and I bet you the. Uh, I bet you, though, whatever policies America comes up with, it will affect Australia in a big, big way. And always yeah. Does. Oh. yeah, that's how it always goes. Yeah, so we can always cut, and then every, any policy that Australia makes, we can always curse those politicians, especially when they ban anime. Especially when they ban anime. Can we deport the weebs? <laughs> oi, oi, hey, I'm in chat here. <laughs> All right, why would they ban anime though, DJ? Uh, but anime's so good, especially with what's happening with 2021. The, win- the winter anime is, is upon us, and there are some good ones out there. Yeah, there's summer, DJ. Well, summer, summer here, but winter in Japan and America and the rest of the Northern Hemisphere. But, there, but still, there's some good anime out there, like uh, Attack on Titan, for example, the final season, um, The Promised Neverland Season 2. Uh, Cells at Work Season 2 and Cells at Work Black. I remember you were, I think you were quite excited for Cells at Work, weren't you? Oh yeah, that was, fu- that was a good series. That's a good series. It just ta- it taught a lot of people about the uh, human body and how it works and in a very cute fashion and informative too. Did you try Dr. Stone? Oh, I've tried Dr. Stone and I'm, I'm loving that one too. Uh, awesome. It's basically the same thing, but just Dr. Stone's all about chemistry and science. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Stone's a good one to check out, um, Professor. You would actually really like it, Professor. So it's still anime-ish, but it's not like pretty much the world in the near future, some light beam gets appeared and everyone is turned to stone. And then centuries pass and basically the world resets back to a natural green earth. And at that time, some of the people who were cast in stone become alive again. Okay, we'll just air this out. Fair enough. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Completely fell apart. No, sorry, we'll keep that description, but we let it out the first on your flub. <laughs> so, what's the deal? Anything else happen to them, or do they just come back to life? Uh, pretty much, they come back to life. Now, obviously, the world's fallen 
No, there is no world remaining. There's just green. So basically, the person who gets re-envisioned, um, I forgot his name. I, I watched it in a while. Uh, thank, you. thank you. That's it. Thank you. He's <laughs> super smart. He's like, you know, you're a science genius. And basically, he wants to bring back society. So he's going to go out, do lots of science and stuff. But unfortunately, he brings back to life this other guy who's basically Tarzan and just wants the world to stay, you know, a uh, crazy, you know, prehistoric uh, hunter gatherer world, right? Oh, no, so, no, wait, 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 wait. I thought the other, uh, wait, if I recall, the other guy was basically, he wants to, um, he wants to rebuild the world by might. <laughs> basically, <laughs> but his thing is he's fine killing old generations. He just uh, wants yeah. to bring back the world, keep the world the way it is, but it's the youth's turn to do what they want. And in his terms, it's more buff guys win, basically. Smarts, size doesn't exist, strength <laughs> is all that matters. So it's jocks versus nerds. Pretty yeah. much, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So basically the whole show goes in pretty much good detail about gathering resources, what things have different elements aside them, what you need to combine them to make bombs, uh, solar power... Water wheels, electricity, uh, medicine, pills, like the whole range it goes through. In like, obviously not in a detailed way to make it entertaining still, but in a way where you're still learning in a fun way about chemical reactions and stuff. It's really interesting. You'll probably enjoy it. Okay, I might have to track it down. It's on Anime Lab, so. The uh, second season's is coming out. Is that a legitimate yeah. site? Um, yes. It is. Okay. So the second season's coming out called Stone Wars. It's basically... The war has begun. Shh, shh, don't spoil it for him. All oh, right, right. Jeez, mate, I haven't even started the first episode, and you've already spoiled the season for me. <laughs> but there are some, th- there are some new um, ones that are coming out though, like uh... Re Zero. Oh yeah, Re Zero. How's your never... my boy Re Zero? I've never seen Re Zero. I'm sorry, dude. It's like the best show in like the last five years. <laughs> now. Okay, I got a question for you, uh, Debbie boy. Rem or Ram? Uh, uh, Ram because she's alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dang it, you. I don't know what's going on. You, you'll never know. Don't worry. Um, so Sorry. there are some new ones that come out, like uh, Hauri Mia. So it's basically a story. Uh, it's a, ro- a romantic comedy, and it's got it's a, it's a huge following. So Hauri is a social butterfly, but at home life, she's anything but perfect. Left to raise her brother, she faces responsibility. Meanwhile, under the brooding facade, another guy hides a gentle heart, along with piercings and tattoos. And so it's just, yes, uh, can these two people meet and blossom into love, basically? Uh, you also got Quintessential Quintuplets t- Season 2. That's another romantic comedy. Uh, Back Arrow. The that one's a good one to check out. It's uh, made by the same people that made Code Gears. Oh, so Shiro Sunrise then? Yeah, uh, Gundams and it, it's basically Mech and Samurai. So, oh, is this the new Gundam show? Oh no, no not a new Gundam show, but it's a Mech show. Okay, well, it's a it's a Mech Sunrise, show. so of course it's Mech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The plot for this one's called. Uh, it says Lingerland is enclosed by the wall. The wall covers, protects, cultivates, and nurtures the land. The wall is God. Wow, it sounds like a Trump line. <laughs> like um, Attack on Titan because that's got a wall in it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does have a wall, but no, the Titans don't pay for that wall. <laughs> well, maybe the Titans are the Americans and the people in it are the Mexicans. 
Boy, we're sounding so bad on this one. <laughs> Americans are big and eat everything, right? Yeah. And Megan's all about fans. <laughs> Yo, so, you're, you're, you're Americans, like, you've got those standard-sized massive drinks, and you like guns, right? Yeah. You, love, you, you have, like, guns in your bathroom and up to the toilet, so everywhere, man. You know, now I think about it, like, the leader of it is, a, is like a blonde guy. In, a blonde guy. <laughs> well, there's actually an Easter egg in Metro Exodus where you flush a toilet and a gun falls out. <laughs> but, um. But, uh, yeah, we'll go yeah, back to anyway. the uh, plot. So, uh, the plot continues. One day in Edgar, a village on the outskirts, a mysterious man named Back Arrow appears. Arrow has no memory, but he claims that he. But that he uh, all he knows is that I come from outside the wall. Arrow tries to go beyond the wall to get regain his memories, but is pulled into one conflict or another. True story, bro. True story. <laughs> I mean, there are some other animes I've encountered um, for this for the coming wi- for the um, winter season. But uh, yeah, what do you recommend this lineup? Good lineup. I take your word for it. It's very solid. Like it's a it's a mad season. That's for sure. Mm. I mean. I think mean, most of these lineups are just trying to get, trying to work around with the COVID season. Yeah, you're not yeah. wrong. Yeah, but hopefully there'll be us. We could we get to enjoy them. So, uh, Professor, what nerdful thing have you done this week? I've been playing Creeper World Four. Uh, um, question: Is there yeah. like a lot of creepers? No, it's uh, nothing to do with the creepers from Minecraft. Instead, the creeper is a basically grey goo situation. It's this mass of of liquid that flows over your base. It's a kind of inverse tower defense. You start with a small base and use your your towers to push back the creeper and expand until you push it back to the creeper's towers and destroy them. So any flaws you've encountered in that that game? Um, Actually, I'm loving it. It's a... it transitions the series to 3D. So the previous games are top-down 2D, but this transitions to 3D, and you can really see the wave physics. The wave physics are really accurate. There's interference patterns and uh, standing waves and all of the stuff you'd expect to see in a high school textbook in a game. Yo, did you know it's like the new generation? Like, <laughs> look at those water physics, man. The graphics are so intense. <laughs> no advanced pitch AI though. Oh, goddamn! But no, it's a it is physical physics based. Um, I mean, it has a lot of RTS potential. I, yeah, I really enjoy the series, and I think this is the best one so far. I hope we get a resurgence of of RTS with this game. I think um, it won't because it's quite unique as an RTS, and the reason RTS games don't aren't huge. It's because there's not a lot of room for RTS enthusiasts. Um, you can't make a game that will compete with StarCraft. Ah, uh, I see. So it's like everyone's like drawn to one game. People don't really like to expand out, you say. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of room in the market for things that aren't um, aren't sort of esports um, RTS games. Mm. And then anything that is in that area gets squished out by StarCraft. There's a few attempts. Uh, I've played a few interesting RTS games, but nothing really takes off because StarCraft's so dominant, I think. Mm. How many uh, nerdy beanies would you give this uh, game out of? Um, five out of five. Oh, wow. Oh, nice. Very nice. Oh, very I nice. think it's perfect. Oh, I don't know how the... Great. 
developer could improve. Uh, like he's refined his formula from the first game. I don't think I don't know where he can go from here that would make a significant difference to the game. Maybe that says something more about me than him, but I can't see how you could refine this further. So, uh, Debbie boy, how, what were you, what notable thing have you done? I've uh, watched Free Zero season two part two and more <laughs> juice game. Ooh, nice. Yeah. How's a re? So, I, I've, I've never been really following the Oz, the ReZero uh, universe. Yeah. So. Well, I won't do spoilers, but I'll say it's only one episode in, but I have read a light novels for it, so it's a very good arc. So I do highly recommend. Okay. Uh, but in terms of GTA, same still outstanding thing from last week. I haven't finished it yet. I'm 35% way through the story. So <laughs> GTA, man, GTA 5, like you said before, like it's still selling. <laughs> There's a reason why. Oh, that it's addictive as hell. It is. I just like running people over. <laughs> <laughs> and there we have it, folks. We have Debbie Boy's inner inner thoughts being revealed. Hello, police. I like just driving by, putting my gun out, shooting around the head, and then seeing the chaos. It's <laughs> a yeah, GTA fantastic. <laughs> it reveals your inner demons. You're really, you are the kind of person the, um, the violent video game people are all about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, just like, I just like driving on the sidewalk to run people over. It's so <laughs> much fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, how many of meetings would you give um, the both out of? Reason Season 2, Part 2, I'll give right now 4 out of 5, probably 5 Later on, uh, GTA Five still five out of five. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, as for me, I've been I saw the uh, first episode of Crunchyroll Original X Arm, and man, <laughs> oh, it it just it's terrible. It is terrible. Oh, oh boy. Ah, uh, I don't know where to start. <laughs> Let's start at the characters. Okay, so the main character, his name is Akira, and he's a technophobe. Oh, Akira! Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, name I should know something about. Oh my god! What's what's that? Akira. Akira's one <laughs> like of the biggest the motorbike thing, right? Yes. Oh yeah, okay. yeah. You know it. See, you don't lie. <laughs> oh, so so Akira, he, he he he. The problem with him is he hates technology. But uh, he decide, uh, But he's very good at everything else. He hates technology. He doesn't own a mobile phone in, in the current in twenty in twenty twelve. And so while he was grocery shopping, he sees a couple of guys hassling a girl, and Akira mid decides to walk away. But while he's walking away, he deci- he had a conversation with his brother. He's saying, "Put your best foot forward and be." And be your best, and he decides. All right, I'm going to be my best, and he turns around and gets hit by a truck. Oh my god! <laughs> this is the classic stuff, boys. Oh, yeah, it gets even funnier. <laughs> it gets even funnier. Um, so the fast forward to 2030, and this new dangerous AI has released. It's called X Arm, and the super these. Dangerous AI and super weapons can destroy a lot of things and they cannot be killed by conventional weapons. And one of this new dangerous AI is a positronic brain. And guess who is the who is in that brain? 
The guy who was hit by a truck 30 years ago? Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How'd they keep him fresh until it was time to put him in the computer? Cryo-freezing. And you see, when he woke up from the cryo-freezing, he was given a gun and a super suit. Okay. It was and called to kill aliens. We're doing this again. <laughs> and the stupid part about this whole thing is that you, you got to watch it to, to see that there's so much lo- like logical logical flaws in this. And not to mention, the action scenes are just, what what the hell, man? Are you serious? <laughs> like, the enemies can't shoot the heroes properly. <laughs> like, and the, and the fight scenes are just hilarious to look at. And there's one scene where this one of the heroes decides to uh, shoot down a crate and, to, and use it as a shield when we all know that bullets can shred up a, cr- a wooden crate like like a knife tearing through butter. Oh. <laughs> oh, it, is, it is an unintentionally hilarious Maybe piece of work. They're very low mass, low velocity bullets. <laughs> uh, no, but here's the thing. These are like AK-47 like style weapons. <laughs> okay, that's less believable. <laughs> <laughs> and the fight scenes are just like, what the hell, man? Ah. This makes this makes like what's the show? This makes Ruby look like a, a like a Marvel movie like masterpiece. <laughs> it's so bad. I, I oh, there's so many flaws. I could make a Longman style video out of this, but I don't wanna. <laughs> oh, but um, in terms of nerdy beanies, how much I would give that one? I would give it one out of five. <laughs> oh. That's my lowest that I've taken you it to. You couldn't do a zero out of five. Oh well, the what the one I the, the only thing the only saving yeah. grace what, I would what give is that one. Yeah, the, the saving grace I would give it I'll give that one is the um. I mean it, it's it's very interesting. I mean trying to do it's two D and three D animation. So I mean that's the one saving. It looks nice. That's all I'm gonna say. Like, but that's it. <laughs> Yeah, it's one out of five. <laughs> I, 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 and not to, and, and, and the stupidest part out of all this, this anime is a remake of an old manga that original creator made as well. Oh. That makes it even worse. <laughs> but I intend to uh, watch this series just to, just to point and laugh at it and see how, how much of a train wreck this is going to go. What's it called again? X Arm. E X. E X Arm. Yeah. ARM. ARM, yeah. Oh, boy. 2.3 out of 10. (laughs) Anime was. Wow, okay. The trailer was even worse. (laughs) Just to see what people's reviews are for it. (sighs) Uh, (laughs) One review, one star. It begins with, so I didn't think which every human on this planet would consider a fate worse than death. Watching (laughs) XARM. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Slipping oof. Oh, and uh, I, I, don't, I, oh, I, don't, I don't know whether I should spoil it even more because there's so many. It, it, it gets even worse as the story, as the um, episode progressed. I think <laughs> if it's that bad, no one's going to actually want to watch it. So spoil away. Um, okay, so there is one state. So they decide, they have this big, massive bad guy who has a an X arm, which is um, he can his he can face through objects. And the best way to uh, destroy, the, to defeat this bad guy, both a, both the um, AI in the brain 
And the AI operating the um, policewoman's partner, who happens to be an android, spoiler alert, um, decide to work together. <laughs> I'm like, ah. Oh. <laughs> It seems like an it's it seems like one of those animes where you're like let's join forces in the in the AI. Uh, I I like I said it's a train wreck of an anime. You gotta watch the first episode and just point and laugh at it. <laughs> so many so the sounds so many- like the anime fandom has a new drinking game. Yep, <laughs> pretty much. <sighs> so anyways, we should t- we'll take a. A short break and uh, come back with the shout outs, remembrances, famous birthdays, and events of interest. Oh, yeah. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So on to our shout-outs. It's been 20 years of Jimmy Wales asking for our funding. On the 15th of January, Wikipedia celebrates his 20th birthday. It's now the biggest and most read reference on Earth, with 55 million articles. Wikipedia has a monthly readership of 495 million. wonder how many of them are school students trying to plagiarize the work. Technically, it's not plagiarism if you source it. <laughs> but don't all of them say, like, don't use Wikipedia as a reference? <laughs> Wrong. Don't use Wikipedia as the source. Wikipedia is a fine reference to get a summary as long as you then go back and check with the sources. Okay. So everything on Wikipedia should be sourced. And if it isn't, you can put a flag on it and say, who said this? But, um... So if if you're filling out a um, if you're doing an essay, it's a good place to get a general overview, and then you can go and track down the sources the authors used and learn more about the topic. So uh, on the next one, the uh, Southern Hemisphere's heaviest pumpkin was found at the 2021 Giant Pumpkin and Watermelon Festival in Kyogle. Ah, uh, oh, thank you, Kyogle, New South Wales. The festival was held on the 11th of January. Dale Oliver's giant Atlantic pumpkin weighs 867 kilo- kilograms. Dale says that changing weather conditions made it harder to grow uh, large pumpkins as warm weather triggers the pumpkin to reach maturity. The world record pumpkin was grown in Belgium in 2016. It weighed 1,190.49 kilograms. That is I just heavy- love that there's a, a giant pumpkin festival. <laughs> and how many people take part in this? Is there some... I should be an investigative reporter. I'll go there next year and find out how many people are growing giant pumpkins. How close is the competition? Why don't you want a giant pumpkin? (laughs) Well, I live in a small apartment, so I wouldn't have room for a giant pumpkin. You have a lifetime supply of pumpkin soup. (laughs) Yeah, boil it all up, jar it, and then, you know, you're set for the apocalypse. Sterilize and preserve it correctly, like canned food. Technically, yes, it does go off, but it takes a ridiculously long time to do so if it's prepared correctly. Don't um, don't take my word for that, though. I'm not going to be responsible if you go and make yourself sick, DJ. 
<laughs> Dang it, Professor! Dang it! So uh, on the 8th of January, Elon Musk took to overtook uh, Jeff Bezos as the richest man on Earth. Elon's net worth has jumped from $27 billion to $195 billion in just a few weeks. His response was to tweet, How strange. Well, back to work. So uh, we go- amazing how billionaires play their games. <laughs> At the point you've got $27 billion, an extra $100 billion probably doesn't mean a whole lot to you. <laughs> And you got, uh, uh, the funny thing is Elon Musk's um, Twitter is such a beautiful place to look at. <laughs> like The amount of things he posts on Twitter is insane. Elon trying to be a meme lord. <laughs> yeah. Shame he's such a jerk. I know, but hey, he's doing, he has a lot of fun with it. I mean, he has every right to be to, to have fun with it. I mean, he's the richest yeah, man. Yeah, he has the right to have fun with Twitter, but not to be a, a jerk to people. Well, he well he will be the new overlord uh, c- come next few years. The penguins will take over again. <laughs> I'm leading the insurrection. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, on to our remembrances. So Hans Lone, on an ang- an Anglo-Irish uh, physician, naturalized collector, passed away on the 11th of January 1753. His collection of 71,000 items was bequeathed to the British nation providing the foundation of the British Library, British Museum, and the Natural History Museum. Sloan is credited with crediting chocolate milk, although some sources claim an early inventor. Sloan's recipe was sold as Sir they Hans... They claim an earlier inven- inventor. Ah, thank you. Sloan's yeah, recipe... so um, I was looking into this a little bit, and there's a few arguments about who actually wrote the first chocolate milk recipe. But um, as you'll see in a, on the notes that I gave you, his was the first to be sold with a brand name. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Sloan's recipe was was sold as so Han Sloan's milk chocolate, the first branded chocolate milk. Yeah. Medicinal, medicinal purposes. <laughs> hey, remember when Coca Cola was a medicine at some point? Yeah, it was like there was this little time there where for fifty years or a hundred years or however long, you could invent a drink, just mix some ingredients together, and then make a fortune off it. Yep. I think it was medicine. Unfortunately, you can't do that anymore. Too many regulations. Yep. So, yeah, his uh, less delicious and morally wrong actions conclude owning slaves. Uh, mm. Yeah. He died of a paralysis disorder at 92 in Chelsea, London. Uh, on our famous birthdays, on the 11th of January 1906, Albert Hoffman was born. The Swiss chemist was the first person to synthesize, ingest, and discover the psychedelic effects of lysergic acid diethyl diethylamide. He also isolated, synthesized, and named psilocin and psilocin uh, found in magic mushrooms. He first synthesized, his first synthesis of LSD was on the 16th of November 1938 while investigating analeptic chemicals. He accidentally came in contact with the LSD and described it as a remarkable relentlessness combined with a slight dizziness. At home, I lay down and sank into a not unpleasant, intoxicated-like condition, characterized by an extremely stimulated imagination. In a dreamlike state with eyes closed, I perceived an uninterrupted stream of fantastic pictures, extraordinary shapes with intense kaleidoscopic play of colors. After some two hours, this condition faded away. 
Three days later, he intentionally digested 250 micrograms of LSD, which kicked in while riding home, leading to the name Bicycle Day. And as I understand it, I'm not a like LSD expert, but 250 micrograms is quite a bit of LSD. <laughs> it was a different time. You just, you know, go and suck on something you whipped up in the lab and see what happened. You say you, say you are no LSD expert, but you seem to have a bit of knowledge now, man. <laughs> no, I've never used it. I've read a bit about it because I I used to be really into authors like Ken Kesey. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and also MK Ultra. <laughs> I was really into those sorts of conspiracy theories for a bit. Man, that one flew the cuckoo's nest story. Yeah, great book. Yeah, on to our event of interest on the eleventh of January, nineteen sixty-four. The Surgeon Surgeon General of the United States, Doctor. Luther Terry, MD, published the report Smoking and Health, report of the Advisory Committee to the Surgeon General of the United States, saying that smoking may be hazardous to health. His report was based on over 7,000 existing articles. The committee concluded smoking is a cause of lung and laryngeal cancer and the most important cause of chronic bronchitis. Since then, the US and many other countries have enacted laws requiring health warnings and banning cigarette advertising. More than half of living adults who ever smoked have quit. Which is great numbers, but from what I've heard, I've heard some smokers actually collect the different um, cancer photos on the health warnings. I'm like, oh, mate, you got the you got the rotten teeth. I got the lungs. Nice. <laughs> when it's what? Uh, I, 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 I have an idea when it comes with the cigarette packets. They should have on the, on the side of the cigarette cigarette packets how much is in each of these cigarettes. How much they of what? Should, like t- t- how much tar is in there and how much of the uh, filter mm. and all that, all, all the jazz. Like, I don't I, think that would make a big difference at this point. I know, but saying it contains, you know, a milligram of tar. But what here's does the that thing. mean? How does that affect your lungs? Yeah, but I here's think a... it's more effective to quote the one that says, um, you know, a, c- a cigarette takes five minutes off your life or something along those lines. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Like, there are some. Like, I notice every now and then, um, some cigarette packets that would be like this brand of cigarette with. The uh, the flavor red, like, and then there's another one, blue, and you're like, what does red and blue and all these are they are they like flavors or something or what? Yeah, different strengths and stuff. I think. Yeah, they should but do that. Actually, actually, if it was about vapes, then it would be different flavors and stuff. Yeah, mm. but these are like Marlboro red. Oh, it's like full on like six. Yeah, but you can't do that in Australia anymore. Now it just has to be the name because they're all that um, shade of unpleasant green that is supposed to be like the most unpleasant color on earth. So uh, you don't want to look at it. Yeah, but there should be like how much um, flavoring is in each of these like cigarettes and stuff. So maybe. Yeah, I'm taking that. I'm patenting that idea. Okay, no one steals it. (laughs) I don't think you can get a patent on that. I'll try as I can. You try. So, uh, anything else before we uh, wrap it up? Do we have a uh, fellow TNC shout-out? We do have a fellow TNC shout-out, and they are present on the uh, TNC website. Do you forget to look it up again? 
Yes. Yes, I do. There's a new one called... Wait, that happened? And that's actually a name, mind you. And this one is a show to discuss politics and current events in a relatable way, inserting fun and humor with real-world issues. Some episodes may include games, jokes, musical numbers, and guest appearances. Okay, but the problem with all politics recently is that every part of it makes me say, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) But yes, that sounds fun. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's all we have for this week. Uh, You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. That's our Canada.com. We're an archive of our old episodes. So stay nerdy, stay hydrated, and hooroo. See you next time. Uh, Bye-bye. Don't die. (laughs) 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 Bit morbid ending there. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.